Welcome to the Community Health Alliances podcast brought to you by Monarch Healthcare Management as a donation to Care Resource Connection. Welcome to the Community Alliance podcast. I'm Steve Coring, Fire Chief for the City of St. Louis Park. I'm Amy Lutz. CEO of Care Resource Connection. And our two organizations form the Community Health Alliance that this podcast is all about. So welcome back to the podcast. We're excited to have you on. And uh, and today we have an exciting story to share about uh, additional uh, engagement uh, on this type of community health thinking. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Amy because Amy is up in North Dakota. Um, and I will have you share, Amy, kind of what you're up to today. Yeah, happy to help. Um, so we are here with West Fargo Fire Department. I'm sitting with Fire Marshal Del Brecker and Community Risk Reduction Officer Travis Olson. And we have been going through a full day of Community Health Alliance training. So how's that going? What do you think, guys? How's it going today? Uh, I think it's going great. We're on the right track and uh, learning a lot. Absolutely. Amy showed us a lot of ways of... Uh, how to perfect what we've tried to do to reach out to the community, uh, learning, learning the ways that we've stumbled. And uh, the best part is she's also teaching us how to perfect and, and streamline what we've been doing so far. So we always, uh, so we always talk about it on the fireside, right? About, you know, this is uh, firefighters are, are the kinds of folks who are just looking to solve problems, right? They're doers. And, uh, how do you think that matches up with, uh, you know, the culture of your organization, this kind of work? I do believe that it's working out great for us. Uh, we're running into problems where we get into residents and, you know, firefighters are problem solvers and we can never solve the entire problem, especially when it comes to falls, trips, and other hazards. And now I think at least we're being able to get into the residents and, have a follow through, and that's the biggest part. Yeah, I'd agree with, with what Dell said. Um, the biggest part, what we're learning also, is by finding out who we can work with in our community uh, to best uh, help those people. They they ask us for help, and a lot of times we feel like we're handcuffed because we're limited in our knowledge. But if we can find the right people to talk to and connect those people with. Uh, the the outcome is fantastic, and that's what Amy's been teaching us and kind of walking through with the different scenarios that she had. And the great stories—you can almost envision the same exact things that we've been going through. Obviously, she's been doing it a lot longer, but even the small samples that we've had, uh, yep, it's just like, oh, we should have done that, or we could have done this, and it's been really enlightening. Yeah, today we worked on a live um, a live case um, where uh, a person had. Uh, been calling the fire department because they're unable to get up and down the stairs. And so instead of calling 911 to get up and down the stairs, we talked about how it's important to connect to that care team and get the orders for either PTOT or maybe going into a, a inpatient setting where they can get um, PT and OT, get some strengthening at, at a TCU before coming home and you know, being stuck upstairs and utilizing 911 literally to get up and down the stairs. So um, as we talked about that, uh, I called the 
the resident and she had indeed uh, gone to the doctor today and was getting ready to call the fire department because she got back home and needed to go up the stairs again one last time. And the doctor did um, order uh, PTOT. And like I told Dell and Travis, they said, we want to call the home care agency now, make sure we got a medical social worker involved. And then we also want to make sure, you know, that they're on board knowing if this isn't a safe transition, that there's other opportunities to go someplace else and have a, a safe plan. Well, even this many miles apart from St. Louis Park to West Fargo, North Dakota, uh, the calls sound the same, right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's the same work we do, all do every single day. And I, I was going to ask you uh, if you could take a moment, uh, either Dell or Travis, either one, uh, for our listeners, if there's a lot of, put, you know, some people say, well, this really isn't right for us. That's not the kind of work we do, or that's really not our fire department. Help us, tell us a little bit about West Fargo and uh, and what the kind of work that you're doing in the community so that people can understand how this is really uh, fairly easy to adapt. Well, we're your typical community. We actually uh, have a uh, city of Fargo and we're, neighboring city of Moorhead also. So we're a tri-city type community. We are an independent West Fargo Fire Department. Uh, we delve in, you know, just like pretty much any other fire department, we touch an EMS and we fight fires. Uh, we have within our departments called community risk. And that's where we, myself and Travis, uh, deal with the general public with fire prevention, falls trips. Uh, and we're, this falls right into the the category that we're looking for. We get up to that wall and then we can't go any further as far as with residents, especially on EMS calls. And this is going to fit perfect. And we already have other fire departments wanting to get on board with this. Once it gets going, we're just going to have to get the ball rolling, so to speak. Do you have a, do you find, or do you have a large number of skilled nursing facilities or? Is most of your senior living in the independent and assisted living side? So, as far as we can, as far as we've gathered right now, we have three uh, nursing facilities. A lot more of the public up here are retired farmers uh, who want to live independent. So, uh, they're more scattered out through some uh, independent living facilities where there isn't any additional care. And a lot of them end up living at home. So, when we try to get out, the good news and, and the ways that we're trying to help them to live longer, stronger at home, it's harder to exactly know where they are because, I mean, they're, they're so interwoven throughout our community that uh, there's not one clear spot to find them. So once we actually start looking at uh, just the call data, the responding, when a call comes in for a, a lift assist, well, there you are. There's, there's, your, there's the people you're trying to get out and, and uh, help. So uh, it was just a matter of putting one and one together. And now if we can add in uh, this, this healthcare portion to it, then, then we're going to be helping in ways that we never even imagined uh, months ago. So it's great. And I think the biggest thing that we could take away from today's training is, um, you know, having the fire department be recognized in that care team uh, model, because, the secret sauce is that 911 call and what happens prior to the ambulance getting there and, and them getting transported. And if they're not transported, the only people that own that information 
and know that story is the fire department. So they, by bringing that onward to their care team, that's where we can start to drive, um, you know, initiatives to, to get new orders for the care plan to determine what, you know, is it going to be a safe discharge plan to home? And then also really looking at the community stakeholders, again, with knowing who your nursing homes are, get to know the owners, get to know the administrators, you know, work with them on how to property, properly call 911, what they need to do to have when they arrive. Um, and just to have those long-term care and senior community um, services at the table with the, the fire department, working in, in a partnership where it's not an us versus them, it's, it's a we together are working on this because we all are recognizing that we want to do what's best for the residents and that's to improve their quality of life and stay home and age safely in place. I noticed, uh, or I heard from Amy today that, uh, that you had some, uh, some guests this morning that, uh, from on the elected side and what, how is the, what's the perception been from the elected officials, uh, in your area about this kind of work? Are you moving into this kind of uh, option? Uh, we had our senator here and our mayor, one of our senators, I should say. Uh, they're very positive. They, they look at uh, the community of uh, us getting more involved, and that's what they want. Uh, they are getting uh, the senior living facilities involved, which is very important to us. We have a we're up to about 300 deaths, so uh, that's we respond there daily. So it's something that we have to address, and they're aware of that. When you, uh, I, I I love that that line. I think it uh, was Travis that said, "Live longer, live stronger." I love that tagline. That's great. That's a great yeah. message. Um, I think that that's an amazing message. So a lot of fire chiefs are going to ask, "Well, what are your what's your staff saying about this?" Are they behind well, it, or how do they feel? I think, you know, after talking to yourself a while back, you know, they're worried about losing call volume. Uh, and then after talking to them, explain what the program is, uh, I think they see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, where they realize, oh, this is going to eliminate their uh, four calls a day to the same residents. Uh, and the calls aren't going to go down. They're just going to keep continuing to rise with other emergency calls. So I think uh, they're, they're fully supportive of what we're, do, what we're doing currently. Yeah, interacting with uh, with the crews. When we first came back with risk reduction, and they were that's what they were worried about was, well, what am I going to do during the day when I don't have these calls to respond to? And that was in the beginning when they thought they were just firefighters. And when they found out that over you know 65% of their calls are going to be going to uh, incidents just like this with maybe just a lift assist and now when we start going out and we do these things and they see the results, now they are more willing to do, I'm not going to say what we ask them to do, but if we need help, they're more than willing to, to assist us. They have nothing but good things to say when they talk to the public and we just happen to be there. Uh, they're saying nothing but, but great things about uh, how we're helping them to help the community. So um, what started out as kind of a um, keeper distance, I don't know so much about that now. Um, we get really big buy-in um, from from the captains and the chiefs and all the administration staff all the way down to the new people who come in and they're like, what's this new idea? And, and they think it's just fantastic how, how we're working. 
Well, that is great to hear. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there, it's kind of a historical anomaly within the fire service that we feel like the only way to create relevance for ourselves is to, you know, keep doing the same thing over and over again, and that somehow we'll get to be appreciated, right? And and I think ultimately, and, I, and Amy knows that I say this a lot, and that, you know, that response is, is really a failure of prevention. So if we're responding to things like uh, lift assist, we're responding to things like uh, fires and all those different things, and ultimately there's something wrong on the prevention side that should be minimizing response. In other words, we shouldn't be going places. We should be eliminating the reason to go and being there and available for that big event. And I know you, I mean, the fact that you have a community risk reduction officer would suggest that your community is really, really targeting community risk reduction as a priority. Yeah, we've uh, we've found that when you try to reach out to different people, different uh, businesses, schools, uh, even the city, uh, the more you talk about it, and the more they learn about what risk reduction actually is, uh, the more that they can see the benefits that it that it holds for the for the people in their city. Because nobody wants to live in a place where um, people and uh, people need need things and they don't know where to go and. Uh, with the fire department being uh, that friendly, uh, reliable force, when they turn to us and we have the answers, then it just it helps the community, it helps us, and and all together, uh, everybody just feels better about where they live, and it brings more people into into your city and, and wanting to be part of what you're doing. So, Amy, what's what's the next steps on where you're at with the program as far as the training, and what's next in line for them? Next in line, we are going to um, connect with the Community um, Healthcare Worker Alliance and set up um, with the Bemidji College and some of the other uh, colleges to have the Community Healthcare Worker students come through and uh, work through here as interns. And then we are also going to be working with Stanford Health and Essentia Health on working with their community healthcare workers and their community paramedics. Amy, I, you can probably spend a little bit of time or share this a little bit, but you know we know that really the the important the important work that we do in the community, as much as it's guided at delivering resources, it's really about making sure we have the right resource at the right time. And sometimes I think this concept of mobile integrated healthcare has gotten so kind of boxed in with the concept of a community paramedic that. Uh, that we lose track of some of these other amazing resources like a community health worker or an EMT um, or any kind of community-based resource that can add value without necessarily throwing uh, or increasing the cost of health care. I mean, that's kind of what you're thinking, right? Absolutely. You know, what's interesting up here is, you know, their high schools are, their academies, so they're going to be having, you know, CNA classes and EMT classes and other type of, you know, college readiness classes. So we, I talked to them today about what we are doing in St. Louis Park with the nursing assistant classes, going to our nursing homes and the purpose-driven paycheck program with United Way. And there's just so many different ways by utilizing what's already here. And like you said, using the right resource at the right time um, is really what it's all about and I think where each community is different and unique in their own you know breadth of resources the common denominator is 
when you're talking about community health, there needs to be the differentiation between community health and public health. And they're, they're completely separate. And community health is where the fire department is, boots on the ground, we need the patients where they are. Public health is higher up, like we've talked about before. They're more surgically looking at, you know, heat maps with their data, trying to do different things with their uh, programs. But when even here in West Fargo, you know, they've gone over to a meeting and um, talking about how they could get some resources to help with their calls that they were trying to do. Um, So I got up here and they were given a resource book that basically they were told, give this resource book to the folks and they can call themselves. And that's not, that's not um, where that's great, you know, for those that have the time, well, with all and ability to advocate for themselves, take time, go through the book, find the information. But when you're dealing with someone who's caring for an elderly person or they have chronic disease and they're trying to manage everything that's going on, they don't, what they need is they need somebody to take their hand and connect them to those that can help them. At the end of the day, there's no billing codes for that. That is why Care Resource Connection was formed. And through this community health alliance with the fire department, understanding and learning the care coordination model, that's the part where they're really going to see the resiliency of the community. And it be, it'll, it, like I told them, it, this will become a culture eventually like it is in St. Louis Park. So we have to, number one, look at, see who's here, find the partners that are going to work with them and create those bat lines. And then we have a meeting and everyone meets at the firehouse. It's a safe place. And then we all commit to working together in this, in this program. And then we go from there and we build from there. But we have to start with our community partners and those that are um, willing to share and be open to sharing in this space. Yeah, I think we didn't really start with this like we sometimes do. But, you know, the essence that the fire department is the most trusted resource in the community. And we and we know that to be true. There's been a number of studies that, that talk about that. But when you hand somebody a resource book, who better to share that with them than the most trusted resource in their community? And who are they going to trust to help connect them with resources that are more in line with the social determinants that are impacting them and not just the generic, here, why don't you call these folks and see if it, if, uh, if they can help? So I think the more, that is the true essence of community health, really, the, a much more pinpointed um, solving of a problem at the community level at the very basic resident level uh, for specific social determinants that are impacting that community, that neighborhood, that block within the street, whatever it is. And I think that's the secret to uh, why what you're up there doing this uh, today is, uh, is going to be an amazing opportunity for West Fargo. I agree. I agree. You know, the, the Senator that was here, she had asked for, need to provide her some information they're going to have. She's on the Human Services Committee, and she wants to be able to make sure that there's legislation that's put through to help um, the West Fargo Fire Department do what they need to do in this program. They make recommendations every two years, so this is a time before session to get everything ready for her to put that into action. The mayor is very supportive as well, 
He used to sit on the board for Stanford. Um, and so they have really good support um, with their representatives and their council. And I think they're in a really, really good place where um, the fire chief himself, he's, he's also speaking to other elected officials. So when we do have that big group meeting with the community partners, they'll be here as well to hear and share and, and talk about, you know, their questions, concerns, and, and see how we're putting this all together. Well, that's amazing. Uh, that is a, a absolutely amazing. Amy, I'm really glad that you were able to, uh, to travel up to West Fargo and work with, uh, with these, uh, with these people who are extremely interested in doing the work. Uh, West Fargo Fire Department, you know, Dell and Travis, welcome to the team. This is, uh, this is exciting to, to know that more people are, are kind of, uh, sitting in the, sitting in the seats talking about the program. So, uh, I welcome you aboard and I, and I, exciting any way we can support your work. You know that we're there as a resource for you. And, and is there anything else that you need to add before we close? I don't think so, Steve, but you know, without the support of yourself and starting this program or help start this program, uh, you know, everything starts at the top and that's the same here with our chief. He's a young chief and he's energetic and he wants to get things accomplished and done and he's doing the right thing. Without his support, we wouldn't be here right now. So. I think it's a great program, and I look forward to being a part of it. Yeah, and I just want to say thanks to, to both of you for being so willing to uh, to not only be helpful but also transparent and sharing stories so that we can we can compare. And um, I know this took time for you guys to grow and uh, helping us to hopefully get a little bit on the uh, fast track of it. But there's no such thing as fast track. We're still going to learn. We're going to have our bumps and bruises, but. Uh, just knowing that you guys are here to help us really, really makes us feel confident about uh, our future. That is exciting. So, if uh, if uh, for viewers or listeners who who want to know, this is uh, this has been the West Fargo Fire Department with the Community Health Alliance, and we are going to uh, close today. And just know that we'll be dropping another podcast uh, next Wednesday. Uh, for you to uh, for you to listen to. In the meantime, uh, get engaged with your local community resources. Amy, Dell, Travis, thank you very much. It's been a great been a great discussion. Thank you, thank you, Chief, and thank you everyone for listening. Take care and be well. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please tune in next Wednesday wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> We'll be